The Underwater Kaiju from Out of Space Podcast. Created from an atomic fireball hurled from outer space. The Underwater Kaiju from Out of Space Podcast. Threatens man's very existence on Earth. Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space Podcast. Battles Godzilla, Mothra, and Rodan for mastery of the world. Men quake before the terror of their unleashed fury. All new, all never to be forgotten. A new high in visions from Monsterland. Hello everyone, welcome to Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. My name is Jerry, and uh, joining me is the Gazora himself, 10 out of 10 Derek. Hello there. And uh, joining us also is uh, Ganymede, I call him G-Anime, Don Anelli. Screonk, everyone. And then of course... You can't forget about the Kamiba, Mr. Venom. Jerry, unmute yourself. Venom. Yep, sorry, I'm here. <laughs> we are so professional around here. Yes, indeed. Uh, if you can't tell from that introduction, we are doing Space Amoeba, a.k.a. Yogg, Monster from Space, a.k.a. Gazora, Ganymede, Kamiba, Kessen, Nanakai, No, Daikaiju, or Gazora, Ganymedes, and Kamiba's decisive battle, Giant Monsters of the South Seas. <laughs> yeah. Directed, it was a seafood buffet. It was. It was a rock lobster. Uh, <laughs> directed by Ishiro Honda and special effects by Satomasa Arikawa. It was released in Japan on August 1st, 1970. And guess what, guys? You are hearing this on August 1st, 2018. Isn't that dope? Uh, it came out by Toho, of course. And it was released in the United States in theaters as Yogg, Monster from Space in 1971. Uh, distributed by the American International Pictures, a.k.a. AIP. Um, and uh, for the life of me, I cannot find the English dubcast whatsoever because I wanted to know who to blame the voice of the chick on. Yes. The weird British voice that was half sexy, half annoying, depending on what word she was saying. Yeah. Very weird. Like, why would you just, everyone else is kind of like normal, but then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? She should have like a British accent or maybe Australian. I don't know. Flip it in between. (laughs) <laughs> who made that decision mm-hmm. piss me Some... off mm. anyway let's get into uh, of course we watched the English dub 
so technically, we watched Yogg Monster from Space, uh, as we tend to watch the English dubs, because later on, we're going to do, like, actual Japanese versions of certain movies, uh, especially ones that are very different than their English counterparts. But mm-hmm. it's my belief, and this is why I forced them to do this, that we were all raised on the English dubs. Therefore, I want to review the English dubs. And if you don't like that, well, I've got a space amoeba for you to meet. <laughs> Me too. So, <laughs> put your pants back on, please. Uh, so let's let's kick into this, uh, and let's start off with Mr. Venom. Mr. Venom, what is something you love about Yog Monster from Space, aka Space Amoeba, aka three other weird names? Well, if you can love a movie for something that it doesn't have. I love this movie for the fact that there's no annoying children. Thank you, Toho. Okay. I get to have I get to have one kaiju movie where there's not a child that I just want to strangle. So uh, God, I mean, God I can, bless you. I can name a few for you. There's uh, Rodan, <laughs> um, <laughs> my giant penis. Um, uh, no, no, no. No, that's not one. Okay. I'm yeah, not that... going anywhere near that one. Oh. oh well, don't worry. It's so big, it'll go near you. Yay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So having no children is a plus here. And uh, I can get behind that. I don't like fucking kids. Okay. I don't like kids and I don't like fucking kids. That's what I'm saying. Thank oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just putting it out there. Uh, so, D- Derek, what is something you love about this movie? I like that it's contained because it all just takes place on this one island setting. Which brings like a the containment level to a key because you know like most kaiju movies there you take place up and about in like cities and other areas this one's just on this island which is kind of crazy in a sense you know what i mean i agree with you there uh don what is something you love about this movie um, it's actually kind of a weird fact. Um, this is the first film Toho produced after the death of A.G. Tsuburaya. We can tell. And, yeah, but they chose to do a film honoring him by making a film that he never really did in his career there. It's a South Seas Island film, and he never did the special effects for those movies. So they choose to honor him by doing something completely different than what he did with the studio. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so for me, one of the things I love about this movie is the Yog Monster from Space poster. If you haven't seen that poster, you need to Google it because holy fucking shit, it is great. Uh, but in all seriousness, I love this movie because this movie is so just shot out. Like, who wrote the script for this? Who sat down and oh. was just like, all right, I want to take little things from multiple different kaiju movies and put them all together. I want a space alien that possesses people and possesses monsters, okay? You know that squid we had in War of the Gargantuas? Well, that octopus? Bring it back, but fuck it up more. Um, fuck Gamera. Yeah. We're going to have a Kamibo. <laughs> and, you know, I love Ebera. Everyone loves Ebera. He wasn't metal enough. Let's make him really, really rocky. Sit him down. Make him watch Rocky 1 through 4 while doing heroin uh, <laughs> and meth and steroids and then bring him back. And we'll put all of that together and we'll create this fucking... How do you... Don, how do you pronounce his name? 
Gamines? Kamibas. Gana- no, no, not Kamibas. Not the oh, turtle. The, oh, the crab. Oh, Ganyme. 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 I was just calling him G-Anime. <laughs> um, it was easier for me. But I just thought, this movie is so fucking weird. And it's just one of those movies that you watch and you're just like, what the hell am I watching? Uh, but also, it has one of my favorite actors from from Toho movies with Akira Kubo. I absolutely love that dude. He's in Matango as Kinji Mirai. He's in Destroy mm-hmm. Monsters. He's in Throne of Blood. He, that dude is just awesome. And anytime you put him in a movie, I am so down. But with all good, there's a little bad. So, Don, what's something you don't like about this movie? The way that they deal with each of the monsters, like you're supposed, they're supposedly these big giant threats, and yet they're only on screen for maybe ten minutes, and then they're dealt with and destroyed. Like they don't really seem all that threatening and impactful, other than Gizora. I mean, you know, uh, Kamebus is dealt with in a pretty easily manner, and then Ganame is practically wiped out in five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, it is so, kind of like, oh, big bad monsters, oh shit, bats. Why yeah. do these monsters have the same weakness that Ace Ventura does? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't get it. Uh, so yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, Derek, what's something you didn't like about the movie? Uh, I know this because I actually did research on this. Uh, some of the special, like the cuttlefish suit effects are kind of goofy looking. I know that uh, Akira was kind of rushed because I was reading research in uh, the book uh, Mushroom Clouds and Mushroom People, the fantastic cinema of Shiro Honda. Uh, He was saying pretty much that after Tsuburaya died, uh, they let Tsuburaya have his time to do his special effects. But after he died... They are rushing them to get the effects more out there. So you can see the effects are a little more cheaply done in this one, per se, like Destroy All Monsters. Definitely. Uh, and we'll get, in, we'll get into that once we get to the monsters. Uh, Mr. Venom, what's something you didn't like about this movie? Uh, honestly, I could just reiterate this: uh, a lot of things that have already been mentioned. The writing is very weak. The acting is not great. And I genuinely hated the cell shaded uh, special effects in this movie, specifically the tentacle wet... wrap. Yeah, the tentacle wrap, and then also the spear. Did you notice the spear yes. that was shot? That was basically a cartoon. Yeah, those. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Those two effects really took me out of it, like, like beyond laughter. I mean, I, I lost it. It was just so, so outside the realm of reality that it's just. I, I, I would have rather had the, you know, the the lumbering goofy rubber tentacle that's you know painfully wrapped around somebody rather than that cartoon effect but yeah that really didn't work for me at all oh yeah like one of the things about even with the actual tentacle that wasn't that weird cell shaded shit but the real one i was like mm-hmm. come on y'all have done these tentacle wraps before and they looked fantastic like in war of the gargantuas but yep. in this one man it just looked awful um my actual biggest problem is you know that saying don't reference a better movie in your bad movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, they kept using the song from King Kong versus Godzilla in this. Yeah. Yeah. And I know yeah. that because my, my fiance at one point 
just started came over, just walked into the living room and started doing the dance because she knows the dance because I've made her watch that movie like 200 times. <laughs> in case you guys didn't know, King Kong versus Godzilla is my personal favorite Godzilla movie. Um, we do. I, I fucking love that movie. Uh, that is my favorite one to just sit down and watch. But nonetheless, because they kept playing that over and over and over, it just made me want to stop this and watch King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> and that was the problem. But it was just, in general, I just kept comparing things in this movie to other kaiju movies, whether it was the Tentacles for War of the Gargantulas, whether it was. The uh, Ganames, what G? I'm gonna keep calling him G Anime, G Anime, <laughs> and Ebera, Kamibas, and Gamera. Like, uh, I just kept, and I love the South Pacific kaiju movies. Um, in fact, I usually like them because I usually enjoy the human story so much in those that I don't care as much about whatever the monsters are doing. Like, I love. Uh, Godzilla versus the Sea Monster, mm-hmm. um, especially the Mystery Science Theater version. Um, <laughs> yeah, and in this movie, I enjoyed the human storyline, but there was just so many things that I just kept going. Oh, this is you know basically this movie and this movie and this movie. Even the ending of this movie was fucking Rodan. Two <laughs> monsters inside a volcano is goddamn Rodan. So, like, it, there, that was a problem for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I still enjoy this movie. I think this movie is a fucking... While it's definitely a lower quality kaiju film, it is definitely super fun. There is so much fun to just be had in this movie. But let's get into the monster design. And first up with that is Yogg, a.k.a. Uh, Gazora, which... Even in my English dub, they never really said Yogg. They still said Gizora. Mm-hmm. I don't actually remember hearing the name Yogg anywhere. Um, but I guess Yogg is the name for the mist that came from space. I don't fucking know. Oh, uh, the space glitter? Yeah, the yeah. space glitter, glitter. Glitter? Space glitter that, that's not as good as, as Dogra. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Gizora is a kiss-slip cuttlefish. And uh, to me... This suit is one of the worst looking suits, and it looks like a suit that would have been used on Ultraman. It's too um, flubbery. It's wicked it, flubbery. It looks weird being all dry and rubbery and looking like it's made out of foam when it should look more slick, almost like a plastic yeah. for mm-hmm. being an underwater creature. Especially, especially with that headpiece, that headpiece, that that dome thing that they have, where it looks where it's kind of like almost falling off. Yeah, yeah. a lot. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. even yeah. look like. It doesn't even look like that piece is attached to, like, the liquidy part of the creature. Yeah, it looks like when a kid puts on, like, their, like, a little kid puts on their older brother's football helmet and starts running yeah, around and like makes a... it like a bobblehead. <laughs> right, it's like a helmet that's not attached right. Yep. Yeah, and you know what's, it, it kind of sucks because, to be honest, the design is awesome. But it looks awful because of two things. Well, three things. The fact that it looks like rubber, rubber and foam. The headpiece that he just brought up. And the eyes. The eyes look like they were just painted on instead mm. of looking yeah. like how most other kaiju eyes are done. Where there's like a right. piece of like glass or something so it looks a little bit more liquidy. Yeah, plus the way the walk that he does it makes it even more obvious that it's a rubber suit. Because... Yeah. Now, I will say he looked awesome in the underwater scenes. 
But that's oh, because he was hidden in totally. darkness? Yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was one of my favorite scenes of the movie was that underwater ambush that he springs on them. Yes, I agree with you. That is actually probably my favorite scene. Um, I just like I like underwater scenes in kaiju movies in general. Um, let's go on to the next. Uh, that would be G Anime, uh, <laughs> who is a what the fuck was he? he stone crab. Yeah, he's, he's a stone, stone crab. Uh, he's a stone crab, and he looks pretty good. The only time he doesn't look good is in that last battle where he's fighting Kamibos, and you can see. The, because at that point they're not hiding the actor's legs. Uh, yeah, with right. all the awful. other arms just like flinging around. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the first half of the film when you when he first appears, you see him looming over the jungle. So you just see like the upper half of him pretty much, where you don't really see like what where his legs are, like those little crab legs are. And then when you get to the final battle, you can tell where the suit actor is because he have these really big, thick legs sticking out everywhere. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, because when they did Ebra, they kept that part hidden. That's what yeah. made Ebra so great. And they should have learned that lesson here, but they didn't. And, God, once it gets to that fight, I'm just like, oh, my God, you look awful. Because you're right, Don. When you see him in the early part of the movie... And you get to see his face and everything moving. Oh my god, it's fucking awful. And, I, I like when they shoot more, his eyes out. And, <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, more importantly, they're all done in match shots. So it looks even better because you get the size perspective. Yes, I will say there are a lot of good match shots in this movie. Like Even like simple ones. like um, One that I actually thought was great that harkered back to a previous one. Uh, when uh, Gazora goes back into the ocean and they show those match shots of the sand where he was walking that yeah reminded me of 54 godzilla i same same thing man i will mm -hmm. i had that exact same thing noted yeah and it looks wonderful and i love it i'm like oh guys what like see you did one right your reference was good there but uh yeah i uh anyone got anything else to say about mr stone crab <laughs> he's i just yeah, I use my favorite design out of all of them, but I, I think it's hard to do like these type of creatures on land. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Because the Kamibos was, which is a, a which is a turtle, but it's called a Muta Muta, or a Muta Muta, M U T A M U T A. Look it up. Uh, <laughs> I think Kamibos is the best looking suit, but that's also because uh, he's the easiest to do. Right. Yeah. That, that's my thoughts too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, because it's much more of a traditional turtle. It's not the upright one. It's the one that crawls on four legs. He actually has the extendo neck, which is what real turtles have. Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of has that ability where it's like the head kind of like shrinks into the carapace. So it's kind of like, you know, like another realistic turtle design where they can kind of like pull their heads back in so they can like keep themselves out of danger. But then they can also extend their necks out. Mm -hmm. And yeah. they definitely made sure the viewer knew that they could do that. <laughs> they got their money's worth on that extendo neck. Yeah. If you had to take a shot for every time they showed extendo neck, oh, you would die. Pretty much. Yes. You and would either creatures die. Only, creatures and only in about 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, but you would <laughs> die or you would blow half the football team. Either way, you're... That's a fun night, but... <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a fun... I did it last weekend. Um... <laughs> 
So, okay. So let's go into some actual stuff from this movie. Um, now, me and Don both absolutely love these underwater scenes. But in general, because like uh, Derek said earlier, because it's all set on this island... Dude, the scenery and sets for this movie look amazing. The explosion at the end looks fucking awesome. Like, yeah. Oh man, I could gush over just looking at at the scenery for this. It's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. Try. What was that, Don? Nope, still didn't hear you. Try again. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> He's Not gone. Happening. Um so how did y'all feel about the the uh the bad guy, the Astro Quasar as they called him? Or Quasar, I don't know, Astro Quasar, some shit like that. Uh his weakness is uh the sounds dolphins and bats make oh, right. when they're doing echo screening or or radar or whatever the fuck it's called. Who here's smart and knows what that's called? Echo location. Yeah, Echo location. Echo location. There is. Yeah, yeah. there's no... So, yeah, he gets beat by Echo the Dolphin. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Legit, that happens in the movie. Like, I saw mm-hmm. Um, now, I... So, I... Was this anyone's first watch? Because I know this is a big... Yes, a mine. Harder... It was your first watch? Mm-hmm. Mine, wow. too. Oh, okay, shit. Because uh, I know this is a harder movie to find. Um, yeah. Especially since the DVD is, is long out of print. Um, it's like, what, a $40 DVD now? Which isn't that bad. Ooh. But still. Um, but yeah, it, it is a harder movie to watch. I didn't see this until uh, probably five years ago, I think, is the first time I got to see this movie. How about you, Derek? Uh, when you sent it to me to check out, and I actually reviewed it on Twenty Two Shots and uh, what we watch. Okay, so like what a year ago? Yeah, pretty much a year ago. I think I, I I'm trying to you remember. Got, you got hooked up on that day, because you you yeah. got Space Amoeba, um, Varen. Yeah. Um. Mysterians. Mysterians. Man, there's some good fucking movies there. Um. Well, it depends on which version of Varen. But still. Yeah. <laughs> so does anyone have anything they want to shout out for this movie? Something that they just want to talk about? Um, the one thing for me that I love, especially going off of what I said earlier about the South Sea setting, was the miniature work for like the model huts that they have. Because it's, you know, you don't have to worry about the city, you know, doing the cityscapes and all that. You have like a like a different scale that they can construct them in. So they look a lot better, especially, you know, like I said, that rampage with Gazora when they spring the trap on him. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I dig that. Uh, Derek? You know, everything that they said about, like, the negatives about the story being predictable, I actually do like a lot of, like, the character development in the film, like, the main characters. It is a predictable story, though, like, going point A to point B pretty much. But there's some good character development. I like the characters of the scientists and uh, Akira Kubo uh, Taro, who's that's the name of his character in the film. I like them. And Obato is a very interesting character because he's like a spy that gets transformed into like this space and creature. 
it's kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, it, there's enough interesting things that keep you interested with all the bad shit that happens in the movie too. You know. Mm. Agreed. You know what? Oh, Obata, Ogata, Yo Mama. Uh, that dude walked around this island in a white, like professional suit. Never <laughs> saw him sweat once. Not once. Yo, here. Oh, we've walked for ten miles, and I'm like, where? Where did you walk for ten miles? You look like you've been walking inside an air conditioner. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Uh, when he's on the raft and he fucking flies in the air. Yeah, oh, and he shows funny. he shows back up completely dry, like doesn't look damp at all. His hat's still fine. I was like, "What the fuck? Did you like? Were you wearing the same clothes Michael Caine was wearing in Jaws of Revenge?" <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Venom. Something you want to bring up for this movie? Um, the only other thing I really want to say is that it reminded me, at least very loosely, of. Jason goes to hell. The okay, Kaiju you're off the version. show. You're fired. <laughs> and uh, I'm absolutely. I'm not talking about the quality of either film. I'm just talking about the fact that the blue of the space glitter moving from creature to creature. Yeah. Just instantly reminded me no, of Jason I, goes to hell. So. I really like the scene where uh, G Anime was shaving the Kamiba's beard hair. That was a great scene. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> On a pool table, right? <laughs> On a pool table. It was uh, I had a boner and I didn't know what to do. Uh, no one does, Jerry. No that one does. That is an interesting connection, though. I, I can see that. I can get behind that. Um, like I said, very loosely. Very you're, loosely. You're well, still well, fired, but I, I can okay. see what you're saying. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, quick, mention the hidden... Uh, yeah, the hidden. Uh, if you want to hear what I think of uh -oh. Jason Goes to Hell, there's a Skeleton Crew episode where I spend the entire episode connecting the movie with any possible other fandom I can, like Supernatural and Scooby-Doo and shit like that. Um, <laughs> two things I want to bring up is, one, I love the line the Doctor has towards the end of the movie where he's like, a man is more than a structure of his cells. Every man has a soul. I didn't write down the whole speech, but the whole speech is really fucking good. And I like that. That actually felt like some really, like, really dope writing. Um, and I, I really liked it as it was basically him saying, yeah, uh, Obata Ogata Yamama is taken over by this alien. But he, he still, even though he has control over the body and the function, he doesn't have control over his soul. And he can fight that back. Um, yeah. And I really like that. And also, shout out to... Gazora for being the one monster growing up I had no idea where the fuck he came from because I knew him from the Godzilla game for the NES <laughs> and had no clue where he was from so shout out to him for that for uh actually because Gazora you actually do get to see in flashback clips for Final Wars uh Kamibos you get to see in Tokyo SOS right yes yes um, yes not technically sea, but uh, his that's his carcass that washes ashore. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, which forever, because I had seen that movie before I would seen Yogg, Monster from Space. I, th I was like, oh shit, they're taking aim at Gamera. Take that shit, bitch. <laughs> Not what they were doing, actually, turns out. Um, yeah. Yeah, referencing this one. I yeah. love that. One, oh, one other thing I forgot to mention. The native girl's name is Saki. Uh, I wish she was Saki. Saki. <laughs> Saki. Um, <laughs> Yeah, 
I'm with you on that. Uh, This movie is a really cool movie to watch just because it's so crazy. It's so out there. Like, it's kind of like a patchwork of other kaiju movies all put together. Um, And even though it is like, it's the B movie of kaiju movies. It is mm. it is highly entertaining, and I do suggest you take check it out. Unfortunately, it is pretty hard to find. But if you hit me up, maybe I'll tell you the way. That's all I'm it's a, it's actually on Amazon Prime. Okay, if you hit Mr. Venom up, he will tell you the way. <laughs> uh, and, but uh, if you don't want to pay for Amazon Prime, then me and Jerry will tell you the way. There you go. Tell you the way. Uh, <laughs> Because why normally I'm like, you buy your movies. If it's out of print and they're not going to see any money if you buy it because you're going to have to buy it secondhand, at that point it doesn't fucking matter. That's my yeah. belief. Um, so, with that being said, I recommend Yogmonster from Space, but don't go in it expecting a lot. Uh, does everyone else kind of agree with that? It's it's a fun little romp, but it's it's no masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. It's, got a, yeah, it's got a good amount of monster action in it for whatever it's worth. A little bit more than the average kaiju movie, at least the average Godzilla movie. I feel like there's more actual monster action in there. Whether you like the action or not, well, that's up to the individual. But yeah, there's definitely less human element and more kaiju element in this, this one. Be a good one. This would be a good gate one for younger kaiju ones. Yeah. I can yeah, see no, that. It's, yeah. it's not... Um... I guess you could say it's not a pressing watch, but it's one, if you stumble across it, you're not going to feel bad giving it a chance. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, all three monsters do not fight each other, so don't expect that. Um, Only in the Zora open. doesn't fight anyone. Uh, he fights trees and, and humans. Uh, <laughs> but you do get to see the other two monsters fight each other, even though I don't think it's that good of a fight scene. Um, but you do get Extendo Neck from (laughs) (laughs) extendo neck when they were when they were fighting and they were kind of in a close clinch and um extendo neck would come out my god did that look racy (laughs) did anyone Uh, am i the uh, only pig on the show or did anybody else catch that when he would extend his head into the into uh crotch crotch. exactly Like, oh no, stop that. <laughs> it, it did kind of look like like the penis monster from Tromeo and Juliet. Thank you, yes. <laughs> uh, look, kaiju monsters need love too, Craig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, so that's that is Yogg Monster from Space, aka Space Amoeba, aka a bunch of other fucking names. Uh, <laughs> So, with that being said, it's time to move right on to another episode of Ultraman. Yeah, episode five, Treasure of the Milogonda, which came out also in August, but it came out August 14th, 1966. So, both these movies came out in August in Japan, and this episode's coming out in August. So, I mean, it's like it was meant to be, guys. (laughs) It was meant to be. It's almost like a theme. This movie is um, kind of like if Biolante met up with uh, Little Shop of Horrors, basically. Ah. Um, I, was th- I was thinking more of like if one of the H-Men fucked the green slime. Okay, I can get behind that. I saw you watch the H-Man the other day, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's a good one. Yes. Uh, is the there's another movie that's like the H Man they did. Uh, Secret of the Telegian. Yeah, that one's not available on fucking in the U.S. Is it? I used to have it, but it wore out. I've never been able to find a new copy. What did you have a VHS? Yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta look into that. See if I can find it. Um, yeah, it's not bad. Because that is it's one not... I actually have not seen. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, you know, this is going on maybe a twenty-year gap in viewing, but yeah, because I yeah, haven't it's... seen it. I haven't seen the one that involves the uh, giant walrus. Is it Gorath? Gorath, yeah. I haven't seen Gorath, um, but I have seen most of the other ones. I've seen Latitude. I actually own Latitude Zero, um, and I've seen Atragon and shit like that. Yeah. It's funny, I've I've seen Gorath, but I haven't seen Magma because I saw the American cut that removed it. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh. damn. Um, all right, so uh, we start this m- with a green plant monster spraying green stuff all over this guy's face, and I had to check and make sure this was Ultraman and not some weird hentai. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then uh, it goes into a, a shadow of, of the monster eating them. And I love this because this is a, something you see in a lot of old black and white movies where they would hide the graphics by cutting to a shadow. Uh, and I've always loved this technique. And I've o- I always thought it looks good. And yeah. uh, I want to say this now. This episode uh, really got saved by the filmmaking techniques used because... It is not that great of an episode story-wise, but the film techniques are amazing. Like, this feels more experimental, and it feels more... If it was filmed different, it feels more like a a movie than uh, a TV show. Did anyone else get that feel? Same yeah, I got a little bit of a vibe, too, yeah. So I, I love that. I wanted to bring that up. Um... Then the monster uh, attacks a scientist at his desk. This is Dr. Yamada, who's famous for breeding exotic plants. You know, that botany shit. Um, so, of course, Science Patrol is contacted to figure this out. So, Arashi and Ito, they're going to go check out the science office. But we're going to follow Captain Murata and Hayata. Uh, go to the car wreck. And uh, at the car wreck, they find green slime that Derek mentioned earlier. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and they can't figure that out. So then we jump back to Arashi and Ito, who are checking out the uh, fuck. What's that place called? Fuck. Um, I think they just call it his laboratory. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, I know a, a it's greenhouse. like a greenhouse. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, and they see a giant carrot, which <laughs> I, I guess is cool. I didn't know this was Willy Wonka, but sure. Um. <laughs> But then they find a hole in the ground, and then they find out that a rare plant disappeared, and ooh, the mystery's getting good now. And then they find out that there's a, the substance is kind of like a snail, but it's but the green stuff is chlorophyll, so it's not an animal, but it can't be a plant because a plant wouldn't have leaned, left the the slimy stuff. And I'm confused as shit right now. <laughs> and just when I'm about to be super confused, Arashi hits Ito in the face, and I'm back to this being funny. <laughs> oh, oh slapstick you saved oh, the day oh fucking the fucking thing that he has on his head the oh. <laughs> dude i love ito ito is the greatest comic relief ever i'm sorry uh so then we go to this black and white of of this lady who was on the expedition telling the story 
of how they got lost in the island. And it's all black and white until they find the red and yellow plant. And that's in color. Uh, once again, that very awesome film technique. Yeah, very experimental, yeah. Yeah. Then she gets caught from some weird plant that's that's going to eat her. I thought it was trying to fuck her. I thought it was like humanoids from the deep. Not the case, you guys. Uh, it wanted to eat I wouldn't her. have blamed her. I wouldn't have blamed it. I would not have either. Uh, I'll give you that. Um, so it turns out that they think the plant uh, reverted back to, from that beautiful flower, back to this fucking uh, seaweed-looking thing. Because <laughs> it was taken away from the special water from the volcanic area that's radioactive. And it's killing those people because those people drink the water that it needs. So the only way it can get that water is to attack them. But wouldn't they have pissed that water out by now? Or were the radioactive properties stuck around? I don't know because I don't understand radioactivity in movies. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you figure they, you have to let it decontaminate. You know, I mean, you know, to bring up this, you know, bring this subject up, how long it took for people to move back into Hiroshima and Nagasaki after they were bombed. So you figure there's going to be some lingering residuals after the fact. Yeah, I guess that's a point. That's good. I'm, point. Just, I'm just picturing these people pissing, getting fucking prostate cancer from radio. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, they start pissing and it like starts pissing green. Yeah. <laughs> what movie did that? What movie did that where the guy was pissing and it turned green? Fuck it. Uh, uh, any trauma a... one? Anything? Yeah, from as I say, it's Almost a trauma anything, movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything from trauma? High? Yeah. Uh, anything from trauma? I mean, the Toxic Avenger did it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yeah. from trauma? Almost anything from trauma, yeah. I don't ever want to piss and it changed color. Like, I was watching Wolf Cop the other day and he started pissing and then it turned to blood and then his penis skin broke off as it became a werewolf dick. Mm-hmm. Um, then he got down and dirty with that werewolf dick. He did. He got down and dirty with that werewolf dick. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Ido is going to protect this hoe. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the plant ends up showing up in like the the and attacking Arashi and what looks like it would later on inspire multiple Super Sentai slash Mighty Morphin Power Ranger uh, style. Also, also Evil Dead. Also Evil Dead. Uh, <laughs> they end up shooting the monster and thinking they beat the monster, but that actually causes the monster to grow and attack a city and the entire end of this episode with the the city in the darkness and them fighting oh my god it looks so good like yeah. the camera angles and the editing it's so good um I, I just love it but you know what that means it's ultraman time and because it's ultraman time we got to go over to don don give us that fight breakdown okay so since we've never mentioned it before i'm going to be referring to this monster as green mons oh yeah since its that's... name is green mons because that's the stupidest name they could come up with well it's green and it's a monster so oh. that's yeah hey you're not wrong <laughs> no that's literally the reasoning behind the name it's the reason this monster never showed up again yeah. <laughs> so uh just for that sake i'm going to be referring to it as green mons so with Greenmon still on his rampage through the city, the helpless military look on as Ultraman flies into battle. 
Landing a dropkick, Ultraman sends Green Mons through a neighboring apartment complex and tumbles to the ground. As Captain Mira and Ito remove Arashi from the fighting area, Greenmon stands and faces off with Ultraman at the town square, as a chiming clock is knocked over in the process. Spraying its green mist, Ultraman is overcome by the attack and staggers back, prepping himself... Overcome? <laughs> he took it to the she... face and he's overcome. Shooting <laughs> green jizz all over his face. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love when Don fucking Push. Knows. Continue, Don. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, staggers backwards, prepping himself on one knee against a nearby building. <laughs> and allowing... I'm sorry, Don. We're children. Tell me I'm wrong. You're tell me I'm wrong. wrong. You have this down. You are so good at this. Continue. Okay. Allowing Green Mons to press his advantage. With a... <laughs> I'm a child. Ooh, okay. And tell me I'm wrong. You're not. This is. Oh. <laughs> I'm not. I'm... Okay. With the color timer starting to blink, Ultraman stumbles to his feet but can't square up against Green Mons and collapses again in the middle of the city. With one last burst of energy, two specium blasts light up Green Mons and it burns into plant mush. Plant mush. Oh, oh God. And then the we greatest... have. Uh... <laughs> The, the science patrol leaving as Ultraman flies off and Ito once again goes, where the fuck is Hayata? Um, he's going to learn. Uh, oh, this yep. episode does end kind of abruptly, though. It almost feels like they, they forgot the ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, and if you're watching the Mill Creek version, um, do not be alarmed when it suddenly switched to Japanese. That is because in the Mill Creek set, any scenes that were not dubbed into English will get put in in their Japanese form. Usually it will automatically turn on the English subtitles for these parts, but I have noticed sometimes it does not. Um, Usually those scenes don't mean anything anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, But if you are watching the Mill Creek set, that does this is the first time we see that happen with this episode. So all in all, uh, the storyline for this one, kind of meh. But the filmmaking makes up for it greatly. And Don's description of the fight scene easily makes this one of the best Ultraman fights I've ever listened to. Not (laughs) watched, but listened to. Well, tell me I'm wrong. (laughs) I can't, man. You're a 100%. Your description was right. Uh, That's the thing. That's the thing. It's exactly what I described. And it's not even trying to make it sexual. He's like using, well, no, that's what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, Mr. Venom, what did you think about this episode of Ultraman? Um, it wasn't bad. I'm, I'm, I, I can't say I'm a fan of this creature design by any stretch. It basically looked like a giant fe- uh, Venus flytrap with Down syndrome. Um, (laughs) which actually added to the entertainment value in all honesty. So I genuinely enjoyed the episode. I thought it was weird that it had like two or three weird yellow vaginas on it. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I had a question about the very first kill. Are we, uh, because of the shadow effect that we get, is it implied that he was eaten by the monster? Yes, that's okay. my assumption. Or yeah, that's least... because they've never they never find the body. That's the thing because they only find 
because with him and the professor at the beginning, they never find the body. They only find the remains of the crime scene. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I had always assumed that they were, like, absorbed or eaten or, like, integrated into it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I just had one last question, and that's um, – now, Ultraman – uh, when he is in his Ultraman form, has the ability to travel through space. So I assume that means he has some kind of respiration system in his mask. Why is it that the creature's green mist affected Ultraman? Did you notice that? Like he sprayed the mist at him and instantly Ultraman, you know, looks like he's struggling to breathe, you know. Maybe it can seek into the pores on his suit and get to him that way. Like seeping in through his actual skin instead of breathing in um the way he acts he acts he grabs he well i'm saying when he, the way he reacts he grabs his throat and it's kind of like it's like a like kind of like suffocating him almost because when you see him he's trying to catch his breath he breaths on the building and then when he gets up he's kind of stumbling around like he's struggling to breathe right so it's kind of i had always imagined it to be kind of like a suffocation effect like it's actually like Closed you know, off is yeah, like, like maybe like closing it off or something. Okay, okay. second theory mm. uh, <laughs> he can hold his breath for a really long time, and so when he's in space, he just holds his breath. But because he wasn't expecting to get sprayed in the face, he breathed it in, not realizing what mm. it was. Uh, and so it did affect him. I will come a, up with all yeah. kind of stupid theories. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's a B theory. Um, yeah, because. Well, you're a B podcaster, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Derek, what did you think about this episode of Ultraman? I had to agree that the story was kind of mad because I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But a lot of great filmmaking styles, like you said with that beginning shot with uh, the shadow. Really great, and I'm glad they didn't show the actual monster in him because it would have been a callback to the creeping terror. <laughs> wow, wow. You know, the carpet monster. <laughs> you know, it would have looked like that if they actually did show the monster actually eating somebody. <laughs> oh, God. But I'm glad they didn't show him actually eating him. It was a shadow. So I did like that aspect. It brought back the old school like horror movie feel to it. And Yeah. Like we said, with the black and white and the aspect, the monster design, not the greatest. It's fucking hilarious looking, to be honest. Especially when he's trying to fucking hump fucking Arashi on the fucking floor. I was like, oh my god, this is not happening right now. That that guy gets the fucking brunt end of everything. He gets sprayed in the face four times with green gum. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah... We're making a lot of sexual references in this episode. It's bad. Sometimes well, I mean, you just have to. You have to. It's, but I actually did enjoy the Ultraman fighting, especially listening to the way that Mr. Anelli has proclaimed it. It was epic. That was great. Uh, <laughs> all right. Don, what did you think of it? Okay, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I actually really liked the build-up to this. Um... I kind of like the way it was like a CSI episode where they're investigating the two accidents and you get, you know, these little clues and little buildups to what's going on. I actually kind of enjoyed that, you know, especially when uh, you get that uh, scientist involved. 
um, Dr. Iwamoto. Um, when you see him and you get his kind of, you know, additional insights into the different, you know, theories that they come up with, I, I actually kind of enjoy that. It kind of stumbles for me when Green Mons comes out into the open and you see what it is because he's really not that terrifying. But, um, yeah, I kind of like that the first half of it a lot more than the second half. It picks up because of the fight, which my thoughts notwithstanding um, is actually kind of fun. I liked it. But, um, yeah, I kind of like this a little bit more than you guys. I had another question. What what made uh, our Venus flytrap suddenly giant? Did I miss something? I think the they did ray guns. The, the ray guns. guns. The <laughs> ray guns. Okay. The ray guns. Yeah, I, I totally. I must have looked away. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When they come back into the studio afterward, when they come back to the headquarters afterwards, the scientist is there with them and says it's a hollow victory. The they say that the you know the thing actually ended up feeding it, not killing, not stunning it. Okay. And. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, you know, Arashi kind of gets, you know, and then they get the phone call that the thing's loose. So they run out, rush out and leave. Yeah. Because um, they even talk about using a bigger gun and they're like, no, 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 it might, the radioactivity might make it bigger. Um, yeah. So for me, I think that the monster in this episode, the suit look is very, very weak. I actually do think the story is weak, but I think the camera angles... And the filming techniques are fantastic. And I will give Don the point that the horror and mystery in this movie, or in this episode, make for really good atmosphere. And I think that really, really saves it. Um, so I do think this is this is actually a really good episode. It's just for different reasons than normal. It's a, This episode is a little bit... Is, is very different than the previous ones we've seen. And you, um, you, know, you know what the connection is between the movie we reviewed earlier? What? No kids. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Machino's not there. Yeah. And do you, real? How many references have we crammed into this one, saying it's like this and this and this and this, just like we did for Space Amoeba? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they both came out in August. And they both had fucking sexual deviance with extendo neck yeah. and spray and shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, listen to just Yogg the Monster from Space. If you look at the American poster, the, the line on it is spewed from intergalactic space to clutch the planet Earth in its terror tentacles. Oh, yeah. Like, come oh. on, man. You oh, man, I'm almost doing. done. I'm almost finished just now hearing that. Exactly. <laughs> oh. I just want fucking Fuji in a bikini already. Come on, goddammit. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> That's you know what what pisses me off uh, about a lot of um, these Asian actresses. Every time, like for the older ones, when I go and Google them, they every time I Google them, they give me all these like young teenagers from now, and I'm like, I don't want to see your Bush. I want to see '70s Bush. <laughs> Damn it! Do they still have Bush? In, I guess Asian Japan, girls do. Yeah. Yes, in Japan they still have Bush. They all oh, still yeah. Have, it's, it's yeah, Razor's still never uh, made it over there. <laughs> well, they did, but only if you're in the Garu style. But True, yeah. That's, that's a whole different thing. Look, I'm not going to get into my fetishes, okay? The point <laughs> is, is that this was a fun episode. This was a nice, light episode. 
it was just one of those you get to sit down and enjoy and i enjoyed that a lot and i'm glad i get to sit down with you guys so let's let's wrap this up guys next time we'll be tackling another movie from godzilla and of course episode six of ultraman but before we go we got to pimp each other out so let's start with uh mr venom because he's got a new show he's got to pimp out go ahead oh yeah uh, well, we just started a new show with a couple of uh, Donna Nelly's uh, compadres from the Horror Mafia podcast. It's Bill Casanelli and Joey Colombo. Uh, we're also working with uh, James McCarthy, J Mac, formerly of the Slice and Dice Dreadcast. That podcast is called Be- uh, Beneath the Zenith, excuse me. And uh, what we're going to do on that podcast is we're going to discuss conspiracy theories, cryptozoology unsolved mysteries unexplained events basically any kind of you know unexplained dark uh, event that's taken place in our history we're going to go ahead and check that out uh for the first episode we discussed um uh, the Phoenix Lights, which was a phenomenon that uh, occurred on March 13th, 1997, over the skies of Phoenix, when over 10,000 um, Phoenix natives saw lights in the sky. They were all described the exact same by all witnesses, yet the government, the local government, still attempted to cover it up. So we kind of dissect that one on episode one. And then we also discuss a couple of. Uh, a one movie and one documentary based around the Phoenix lights as well. So we're not completely abandoning uh, movie reviews so much as we're not really reviewing the movies so much as we're just kind of discussing, you know, how they tackle the subject matter. So mm-hmm. that's, that's beneath the Zenith episode one is now available on the horror Philia network. And then you can also hear me on the horror cast, which is back from its long hiatus. We just released an episode for a couple of classic 60s uh, movies. One is I Am a Teenage Werewolf and the other I Am a Teenage Frankenstein. So check those out. And, of course, you can still hear me on Evil Episodes Presents Just the Movies with Mr. Mike Merriman, Rad Radio, the All-80s podcast with Tammy Turner, uh, Mark Nato from the Horror Cast, and, again, Mike Merriman. Uh, you can also hear me. One last one will be the Theme Warriors podcast. Uh, once again, working with Mr. Mike Merriman and also uh, Doug Tilly uh, from No Budget Nightmares and Iris from, oh, she's going to kill me. I forgot the podcast that she's on. Cinema Beef. Thank you, Cinema, Cinema Beef. Beef. Oh, thank you. With Gary Hill, right? Yep. Yeah, so there you go. So, yeah, those are, and of course, with Underwater Kaiju, that puts me at an even six podcast. So, hopefully, people like my voice because I'm going to be cramming it down their throat for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> you motherfucker. You're the throwing sexual reference in there. Oh, God. All right. Uh, next up, we've got. 10 out of 10, Derek. Derek, what do you got to pimp? Uh, you know, episode uh, 19 of Cinema Attack was just recorded the night before, so it should be out probably around the same time this show's out. So check that one out. What's we, the topic? We did Not of This Earth, uh, the original Roger Corman classic, the 1988 Jim Wynorski classic also. And the 1995 version, which I actually, yeah, let's listen to the episode to hear my thoughts on that one. Wow. Wait, but you didn't do Yogg? He's from Not of This Earth. Well, (laughs) no. Good answer, good answer. (laughs) He's a monster from space. Come on, man. Never mind. I'll (laughs) have to show 
I like when Derek's just like, Jerry, shut the fuck up. Anyway, yeah. continue. And also, if you haven't listened to the top 10 80s action show, that's out there right now. Great show. We had a blast doing that one. And as always, you could look me up on my YouTube channel, DBougier86. I haven't posted anything in a while, but I think I'm going to some, pimp some videos out this week. So look out for those. That's it. Fair enough. All right, Don, go right ahead. All righty. Well, um, we just did a very, very, very special episode of the Horror Mafia. We celebrated our one-year anniversary. And uh, we were very kind enough to have uh, Mr. Venom and uh, Mr. Herring on board for Mr. Herring for part of it. Yeah, um, my internet fucking went out halfway through. So I'm only on like the first half of the episode. So just listen to the first half and then after that, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Listen to it three yeah. times. Yeah, it was. Um, it was originally done in the spirit of a roast of um, Big Bill. We um, looked at three of his movies that uh, he starred in, uh, Dirty Cup, No Donut, and Scary Tales 1 and 2, which uh, didn't exactly turn out to be more of a... It didn't turn out to be a roast. It just turned out to be more of uh, him telling stories about his life on the sets and all that. So... Um, it was a great way. We, we had uh, nine people on board at one point. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a, a lot of fun. Um, you know, glad we celebrated that milestone. Um, we're going to be doing um, a new episode soon. Uh, it's going to be um, a pair of potluck movies. We're going to be doing uh, The Shallows and uh, Cemetery Man. Nice. I don't know the connection there, but I'm down. Um, potluck. Um, I picked The Shallows because it's on my DVR and I've been reviewing Fantasia films, so my DVR is backed up and I need to clear some space. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Bill picked Cemetery Band because he thinks it's the best movie from the 90s. Okay, okay. he's wrong because Carnosaur is from the 90s, but okay. <laughs> uh, no, no uh, not 90s, uh, 96. 96. Yeah, he uh, thought it was an underrated. Hmm. What do I have in 96? Is that Carnosaur 2? Hold up. I have a thing. While I'm looking this up, uh, you also just dropped uh, part three of your uh, suit actor article, right? Right, yeah. Part three, yeah. So um, is that time for... So I get to pimp that, right? Yeah, pimp it. Yeah, so um, that's the uh, third part of a series of articles I've been writing um, basically, as horror fan, as monster fans, we all know the big three in the in the series: Nakajima, Satsuma, and Kitagawa. So I decided to start writing a bunch of articles highlighting the undervalued guys or the overlooked actors, because after all, they're still involved in many of our favorite films and all all that. But nobody really knows who they are. So I started writing a bunch of uh, little brief segments here and there. And put it out um, as a series of articles. Uh, the first one I did was the early Showa period from uh, 54 through 1970. Then uh, part two was 1970 to 1980. And then the third part I just did is the uh, Heisei period from uh, 84 to 99. Nice. So... Yeah, um, a bunch of uh, little brief segments and um, notes about where you can see your favorite actors and all the various roles that they did uh, that you may not be aware of. 
So, um, you know, here, you know, the guys from Godzilla and Gamera, you know, where else did they appear? Some of them, you know, appearing on Ultraman or Ultra Ultraman Ace or Leo, some of the other uh, kaiju films from the time. So, very awesome. So check mm-hmm. that out, guys. Also, you can tell Bill the best. There's only one movie that is the king of 1996, and I think we all know what that is: The Frighteners. Yep. I tried to yep. tell him, but he said Cemetery Man. So. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with that guy. Um, okay. So, as I guess that leaves me. Uh, what do I do? Do I do anything, guys? Uh, kill the cast. What did we do? We just did an episode, right? What did we do an episode on? What was our last Kill the Cast episode? Who remembers? Halloween 3? Halloween 3. Three. That's what it was. Thank you. I'm glad someone listens. Uh, I listened to it. <laughs> we, li- we did Halloween 3, and there's some really funny lines. Like, hey, don't say that. My child's in the next room. Uh, <laughs> uh, that one, much like our Puppet Master episode, uh, definitely goes off the rails a little bit. But it's amazing. It's fun. Coming up, we have a long-running series that'll be happening over the next few months, six months, seven months. I don't know how long it's going to take. But it's going to be like eight eight or nine episodes long of Horror Coliseum. We'll have episodes spread out because we'll, we're not going to do them in a row. But it's Freddy versus Jason. We are putting the first seven Friday movies versus the first seven Nightmare uh, movies plus the remakes versus each other. So it'll be Friday 1 versus Nightmare 1, Friday 2 versus Nightmare 2, blah, 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 blah. In the Horror Coliseum format to see which series will take the win and uh, it's going to be very interesting. We will be bringing guests on for certain episodes. And um, you best believe it's going to be a fucking party. So <laughs> look out for that. Other than that, um, and that's all I have. I got that and Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space. I think I'm done with Married with Children now because Dan's back. But I was filling in for him on there. So if you want some more there, I'm there. Other than that, that's it, guys. We will see you next time. This was your Visions from Monsterland. I'm super glad you could join us. I hope the tentacles of Gazora do not take you in your sleep. Because you know what tentacles mean. Uh, It means extendo neck. (laughs) (laughs) Later, guys. Peace. Later. Later.